Truth Still Matters, episode number four. Come one, come all. Welcome to the Catholic Podcast. Truth Still Matters. The human person is made for truth. Despite this dictatorship of relativism, we breathe every day. This podcast exists in the stream of the new evangelization championed by Pope John Paul the Great and continued with Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI and Pope Francis. We will have the opportunity to learn and reflect on the timeless truths revealed by God and deposited in the Catholic Church. If you're looking for apologetics or theology that can be applied to your life right now, you've found a new home. Stop drowning in the world of opinion and embrace yourselves for truth still matters. Welcome back for fourth installment of Truth Still Matters. Now, I want to get us right into the message. Last podcast, we talked about how truth was not just a mere proposition or clever idea, but it was a living person. And we received that truth. We didn't create it. The question for you this episode is as follows. Can we hear the voice of our Lord Jesus Christ today in its fullness? Or has his voice, has his message been watered down over the last 2,000 years? Can you hear his voice? Can I hear his voice today? Let's discover that answer together. Coming up next. Our Lord and Savior, Christ Jesus, died and rose to new life, poured out his Holy Spirit that we might have communion with him, contact with him. It's through this Paschal mystery that we can hear the fullness of his truth because Jesus not only delivers the full truth, he is that truth. And the question as mentioned before, how do we hear this message today? Can I hear his voice? And I'm speaking in a public manner. I know everyone can pray and everyone has a kind of personal relationship. But what I'm speaking of in this podcast is the public revelation of God that which you have access to, that which I have access to. Do we have access to the same unadulterated voice of Christ today in the 21st century? Yes, we do. There's no doubt about it. The deposit of faith. This is the heritage of faith. Jesus spent three years pouring into his apostles. And he wasn't just content with merely passing on written instructions. He lived with them, slept with them, partied with them, studied with them, cried with them. 
He poured into the life of the church. And this is the deposit. And he gave it all. He didn't leave anything for chance. He passed on his very life to the apostles. And they in turn protected it and passed it on. This is the sacred tradition. The Greek for tradition is paradosis, which simply means that which is handed on. It is within this sacred tradition that we experience the fullness of Christ's voice. It is in this sacred tradition that we are able to recognize what God inspired in the written scriptures. We have two main elements of the deposit, the sacred scripture and the sacred tradition, and they must always be held together. The sacred tradition is nothing less than the family relationship that he passes on. And it's within this family relationship that we can properly interpret the scripture or the Bible. Many times people depend exclusively on the Bible alone. This is known as sola scriptura. And it's quite understandable, especially in the 21st century. We live in a world where everything is reduced to that which is empirical, which means that which can be uh, touched or experienced with the five senses. And the Bible is a written document that can be experienced with the five senses. And it's a safe bet. You know what? We hear from God by this written book alone. But is that what God intended? Yes, it's less messy, so to speak. But is that what Jesus intended? In the Gospel of Luke, Jesus said himself, he who hears you, hears me. And he was speaking to the apostles. At that point in time, the New Testament was not written yet. But yet they were commanded, commissioned to go out and speak the good news. And the people that received that good news, they received the word of God. But the New Testament was not in existence yet. Okay. So we have the sacred tradition, the sacred scripture. We have oral preachings and the writings. St. Paul affirms this when he says, brethren, stand firm and hold fast the traditions which you were taught by us, either by word of mouth or by letter. This oral preaching always precedes that which is written down. And it's a richer communication. You know yourself that what has to be reduced to writing doesn't capture your expression, the way that you experience it and the way that you can talk about it. Now, that opens the door for a scary situation. We have to depend on other people to receive the fullness of Christ's message. And that can be unsettling at times because we know that people get it mixed up. People can make errors. But Jesus said himself that the gates of hell will not prevail. He would be with his church to the end of time. See, God is omnipotent and he can write straight with crooked lines. And I'm one of those crooked lines. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But see, the magisterium, what's the magisterium? It's a big word, which simply means the teaching office of the church. The bishops in union with the Pope. The Holy Spirit has been poured out on the church and protects the magisterium. Okay, The magisterium is infallible, not because they're superior intellectual men that sit in Rome, but because they have been blessed and gifted by the Holy Spirit with this charism to protect them from falling into error. 
not for their sake, but for our sake. They've been given this gift to serve the body of Christ. This is the richness of the deposit of faith. And it's like a three-legged stool. Steve Ray, in his uh, DVD series, The Footprints of God, points this out very clearly in his DVD on Jesus Christ. And he points out the three-legged stool. You have the scripture on one hand, the tradition, and the magisterium. And they have to be held together. And this is how we receive the public revelation of God. And everyone has access to this. Everyone. I know you might be thinking, well, doesn't it say in the scripture that the, um, the scripture is, is profitable, that the man of God might be made complete for every good work? And that is correct. But profitable does not mean that the sacred scripture is sufficient. That's all we need. It's simply meaning that it's profitable. If you take that scripture and really dig into the literal sense, i.e. what the author intended, you'll come to find out that at the time that that scripture was written, which I believe is in 2 Timothy, the New Testament hadn't even been written. So what Paul is pointing out in there is basically the Old Testament is sufficient for all that we need to know. Now, you and I know that well, it's the old and the new. Okay, so just on the literal sense, we can't twist 2 Timothy to support Sola Scriptura. It's just not in there. The Jewish tradition holds the written scripture as well as the oral tradition passed down in the Talmud and the Mishnah. And we continue that, not only continue that, but we take it to another level, okay? Because the word of God is made up of the sacred scripture and the tradition. He gave this written scripture to a family and you can never separate the family from the book. They go together. I'm sure you experienced having a new job and someone spent time training you, hands-on training. Now, after that hands-on training, they may have written to you later about the training. What if you were to reduce your training just to the memos that were added later? Would that be a complete picture of that full schooling or training that you experienced? Absolutely not. Okay, the memos were intended to be a reminder of what the hands-on training brought to memory and brought to your experience. Paul spent time with his communities and he would write back to them to address, to encourage, to exhort, to correct. But they never said that all we need is his written letter and disregard the two, three, four, five years he spent with us. This is a living community and that is the divine plan that we, you and I become sons and daughters, adopted sons and daughters of the Father. And we cry out, Abba, by the Spirit of God. The church is nothing less than the family of God. And everyone has access to this. This is not just secret knowledge. St. Irenaeus, who was a church father, also an apostolic father, he was a fighter, a fierce defender of the faith. And he fought against a particular heresy called Gnosticism. Gnosticism taught that there was a secret revealed knowledge that only a few had. 
No, Jesus loves you and I too much. He's revealed it to everyone. He desires all to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, will all respond? No. But that opportunity is available for everyone. Okay? This Gnosticism is a heresy that rears its head even in the 21st century. You remember, you remember that Da Vinci Code? Nothing but warmed over Gnosticism. Okay? And the church rebuked it then, and the church continues to rebuke it today. And the reason why the church can rebuke it is because the church is nothing less than the body of Christ. And he intimately identifies with his bride, the church. This deposit is rich and can never re be reduced to an idea, can never be reduced to simply a writing, but it's a lived experience transmitted within the life of the church. The scripture and the tradition and the Holy Spirit protected magisterium are means through which we come to meet a person. Remember, this is about meeting someone who is in love with you, who is in love with me, and without which we have no meaning in this life. Let us lift up the name of truth forever and ever and our access to it through the rich deposit of faith. Paul commanded Timothy to guard the deposit in Greek, the paratheke. And when you do an exegesis in 1 Timothy, you find out that that paratheke includes the written scripture, the, the oral tradition, the liturgy, the moral code, the whole kitchen sink, for lack of a better term, that Jesus poured into his church so that you and I could be partakers of the divine nature. May God bless and keep you all the days of your life. Vanity, uh, all is vanity, uh, force the gravity, call insanity, splatter brain matter to the maximum capacity, oh what a travesty, cause oh it has to be, cause his rhymes are stupid, and his beat is stupid, and his name is stupid, he sold his own music, use the cannons, watch out he might lose it, blow up the mic, you know he might do it, what's the purpose, the message is urgent, speak of the God that was born of the virgin, when Blaze speaks to God, there's no need for rehearsing, unless Blaze gets the verse stuck in third person, and we swerving, not really but reversing, for once your mind, this song is reserving, we deserving, a life worth living, ain't never forgetting that, for every season there's a reason that I'm spitting that, for every action and reaction there's a reason that I'm giving that, you feeling that, so if you feeling your soul like you can't take it no more, everyone is welcome, leave it on the dance floor, got everybody singing the songs, give it all to God, man, the beat goes on. Just Sit back, relax your mind. It's a matter of fact, it's a matter of time. We live, we die, but life goes on like the beat of the song, like the beat of the song, or the beat of the drum, like the beat of the heart. You live inside the beat and lift your beat from the start. So move.